Welcome to the ASAP Weekly Rocket League Podcast, a show hosted by LeZero, the man of a thousand rants, and Wabbit, the fan favorite. This show details the latest news in the Rocket League scene, esports results, and tips and tricks on how to get better at the game, while sometimes they'll just take a random topic and see where it takes them. Thank you all for listening, and enjoy. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome back to ASAP Weekly Rockley Podcast. I'm your host, LaZero, and I'm joined today by Ty. How's it going, Ty? Hey, it's going pretty well. Happy to be here. Nice. And we're also joined by Prof. I was going to say, like, The Professor, but like, I feel like it's someone else's brand. So <laughs> <laughs> Prof, Prof is back. How's it going, Prof? Good, good, good. A little bit of a hectic day, but, um, yeah, we're doing great. Do you want to take us? So so for those who don't know, right, you're you're with KCP right now, right? Um, yeah, so I am with uh, the players in the bubble. Um, we just checked into the hotel literally today after boot camping um, for uh, the bigger part of the week. So we transitioned from boot camp to uh, bubble hotel today. Um, so had all of our uh, COVID testing and um, just getting the room situated and whatnot and finally sat down on my bed uh ready to ready to do this about 30 minutes ago so amazing amazing i was gonna ask like right away um because are are you how's the setup for them practicing in the hotel because imagine that's different from your your uh boot camp kind of setup yeah so with the boot camp it was nice because the boys could log on at any point in time um you know play as long as they're uh, hearts were content um, as long as, you know, we weren't doing something um, that took precedence over that. But now that we're in the uh, now that we're in the hotel, so none of the players, none of the teams are really even like allowed to scrim today. Um, it's not that they're like, like, you know, watching us and making sure we don't touch a controller, but they're they're heavily advising us not to scrim today and just give everybody a bit of a break because they know that a lot of people um, are coming from boot camps. Then you've got, you know, some teams just flew in today. So uh, just trying to make sure that it's an even playing field is uh, basically they're asking that teams take a day off. So, um, yeah, the the difference now is that anytime we want to get time, um, we – go on a shuttle to the studio and each team will actually have its own rooms um, set up with, you know, their, their uh, SSDs, their solid state drives. So like they'll have like their own Bacchus mod own rocket league, like all those things will be set up for them. Um, overclocked controllers, all that stuff. So um, it'll all be set up at a studio. And basically we have allotted times, a four hour window to go and do scrims. And then we come back to the hotel and that's where we do replay and we do like all those things. Yeah. And I imagine like every team probably has a different setup when it comes to how you're training or, or the specific, like what they want their players yeah. to at certain times. Um, I, I'm going to ask this question. This is only because I know, I think it was two episodes ago. We were talking with um, uh, flow state. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and I was, I'm kind of curious whether there's any set, you know, nutrition, <laughs> yes no there is for the week yeah no there is so um basically what i do uh we have gotten during boot camp we got up at the same time everybody got up at the same time every day 
Um, I had breakfast ready to go for them. Uh, they would eat and then we kind of treat, um, calories and like fiber and protein and sugars and all those things. Like we just treat food like it's water. So just like you don't sit down at a table and drink like a whole jug of water when it's time to hydrate for a day. Mm -hmm. Um, you, when you're in like a performance, uh, kind of environment, uh, you don't want to be having big meals because um, it just takes time to like just, you know, just, I mean, yeah, yeah. process them, <laughs> like digest you, them. You don't want to be eating that, uh, that like pot, like giant plate of pasta right before you go yeah, on to your, uh, yeah, your big match. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, I actually have like our food cooler in my room. Um, I let the guys know when it's time to eat. Uh, it's funny, on one of the days, the the – all the players are minors, so um, their uh, parents are here. Like they've each got like one parent representative here, and one of the days the moms were all like, "Hey, like we want to cook you guys a nice lunch because you guys haven't eaten in a while, right?" And you know we're like all concerned about it. They didn't know that I had like a schedule for for food, so they they warmed up like a bunch of the leftovers from all the junk food that we'd had at night. I let them have junk food at night. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, they want to experience, like, American food, like In-N-Out Burger and Chick-fil-A and, you know, all those all those things. <laughs> so um, we had uh, Jack Stack's Barbecue, a Kansas City Barbecue um, company. Like, they sent us a big, big cooler of, like, their top-notch stuff. So we were having, like, brisket and burnt ends and all that stuff. Well, the next day we had leftovers, and the moms cooked it all up. So the guys ate this big lunch, even though I was just, like – I was hemming and hawing about like, man, I know they shouldn't be doing this and trying to eat light. And they were just like loving it too much. <laughs> so we go into the end point scrim and we have, we have had amazing scrims against so many good teams. Our end point scrims were absolutely terrible. And it's because the dudes just were so mentally and physically sluggish from all yeah. the barbecue <laughs> that they had at lunch. <laughs> uh, I don't know if Ty has any kind of, kind of uh, questions here. You want to jump in a little bit? Any, any, uh, I was there? curious. Um, you mentioned, um, like you're, you're handling all the food and stuff. Is it just you that's like, um, doing all this sort of like prep work? Like you're the whole support staff for the guys, uh, there, I guess. No. So, um, we've got different people doing different things, but, uh, really like when it's time for rocket league stuff and managing things that impact rocket league stuff, that's me. But, um, we have cat jeans, uh, the best manager in rocket league who's managing just like where we need to be, when we need to be, um, all coordination uh, between our group and anything else we're doing, um, coordinating just like even just times with me and like all those things um, are managed by her. And she wasn't here the first two days. So I had to wear that hat the first day as we were um, in the boot camp. But uh, then she she was there for the last two days and it was massive help. Like I, I literally would have had a meltdown if I had to do all the things <laughs> that I'm trying to do and all the things that she does do. Um, and yeah, she's, she's the goat manager. Like even other RLCS players that have like kind of bad managers, like people that just like have kind of like clout ability to schedule any scrims <laughs> that they want. Like there are managers like that, that aren't doing what they need to be doing. And she's, she's like literally the person that's sending them, the information that they need (laughs) she's she's definitely the best manager in the game that's amazing because i i think like that role is so underappreciated you know what i mean like there's such a distinction between like manager and and coach right 
And like, yeah, some of our listeners might be like, isn't that the same thing? It's like, no, <laughs> I mean, no, some, people that are coach yeah. slash managers, like there's only so much you can give. And I promise like anybody listening, like any, anyone that's a coach slash manager, like they are either a worse coach because of it, or they are a worse manager because of it, because there's only so much you can give and do. And like on those days in boot camp where I'm literally in front of the guys, like I can, I can like control what they do because I'm in person with them for like the first time, even having that like level of quote unquote power. Like I knew I was a worse coach or a worse manager um, at any given point in time. That, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I was also going to yeah. ask, um, is there any, like you're saying kind of like experiencing American culture. So, so um, just, just for, to bring everyone up to date, right. You acquired uh, the pioneers acquired, uh, Forkadin, right? Um, yep. From, yep. From, out of OCE. Uh, out of OCE. Um, yeah. What are some big things that they're like experiencing that they don't necessarily get to uh, experience in, in Oceania or in Australia? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will say um, the first thing that they've been loving is just their, their ranked cues. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, so for just to give a little bit more background information, Forkadin. Uh, they're the youngest team to have ever qualified for an international land. Um, they are, their average age is like 16.3 years old. Um, they uh, qualified out of OCE with two seconds and a third place um, for their regional splits and, uh, or yeah, for their regional split. And uh, basically like they are bright eye bushy tailed about like all the big names out of EU and NA. So when the boot camp started, I mean, I had it was me and then our owner, or not owner, our founder, um, LJ Brown. He goes by Rensed or Mutified on Reddit if you guys check him out. Um, he and I, like just the two of us, set up every single like piece of equipment at uh, boot camp so that when they walked through the door, you know, we were ready. With um, Quincy, our content guy, um, was out there. Uh, a lot of his stuff is on Twitter. Go check that out. Um, but uh, like they, we were ready to start. So the guy sat down basically after getting used to the house and they queued scrims and they were getting all the big names that they wanted and loved. So they were, you know, they were, they were queuing differently. So they'd be like, Oh, like I've got rattles. Oh, I've got Justin. Oh, no way. Like, like, Oh, I just queued into scrub. Like I just queued into LJ. Like now I'm going to partner with gimmick. And uh, yeah, like it's, it's been so fun. Um, just hearing how excited they get uh, kind of in their downtime, their free play time. Um, they're, they're just like endlessly excited about it. Um, as far as like American culture, they're loving the fast food. They are, <laughs> they are, they're like nothing tastes like this in, in Australia. Like an in and out burger, I consider certainly like a good burger, but I don't consider it like the best burger that America has to offer. But I think it's a very, very like, it's a, it's a high tier food for sure. But they were like, "This is the best burger I've ever had." Like, I, it's, uh, you know, what, to be fair, is like if if um if the certain like the food content is just you know that much more greasy, and they're not used to that yeah. grease, right? They're not used to that. They, yeah. th- just that might be enough, right? Because I I wonder, like, you probably don't appreciate it as much as if you've had it all your life, and then they're coming over and they're like, "We've never tasted anything." like Oh, this. for sure. Yeah, for sure. I will. I will say we see eye to eye on Chick Fil A. I mean. <laughs> They didn't get the Chick-fil-A when it was hot because we had to DoorDash it. But, um, I mean, they still they still loved it. And I just let them know, me, Quincy, and LJ, 
um, we were like letting them know, like, listen, Chick-fil-A might not be like the single best fast food in America, but like they never miss. So <laughs> this is some good stuff. And I think all of them would agree that Chick-fil-A has been their favorite food so far. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, amazing. So I was also going to say um, here real quick, uh, maybe, maybe we can get into a little bit of what the boot camp schedule was like and also yeah. uh, how the players reacted to it. Because I know being kind of in this very forced environment, like different players you might see, they, they kind of like wane in, wane out when it comes to their energy levels, how focused they are and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, take us, take us kind of through the boot camp. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing to know is that in preparation, like, so I, I'm, I'm like a full on like mental consultant. So, um, when it comes to like the timing and stuff and keeping energy levels good, like that's, that's what pioneers employs me for. And that's why the, that's why the boys wanted to name me for their coach coming into this mm-hmm. was because they knew that like the things that they were going to be struggling with wasn't playing rocket league. It was going to be dealing with nerves and dealing with, you know, any expectations and dealing with energy levels and all those things. Um, so when it comes to like managing that, it's, it comes with a conversation. So we had a conversation very early on that, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to be getting you up at this time and you're going to eat when I tell you to eat and you're going to log on and play and do the things that I'm telling you to do, um, to get everybody on the same wavelength. And we, we start at eight in the morning, um, with the wake up, I want you down at your computer and, you know, starting to warm yourselves up and free play by nine. Um, and then, we had our uh, sessions with our analyst, Buttery Hotness. Big shout out. I know he's listening. Hey. <laughs> um, we have our sessions with our analyst for an hour um, from you know 10 to 11 or so. Then they do what they want, and then that's when scrim starts is at noon. So, so they get, they get um, like that, that – you're saying like an hour to do what they want before the scrim starts? Yeah, so an hour to do what they want before scrim starts. So that means like eating a little bit. Maybe that means farming impressions on Twitter. Maybe that means taking <laughs> a little nap. None of them elected to. I think they're all a little too buzzed for a nap. But um, yeah, like Honestly, it's just maybe it's best they don't a, do rock like for that hour. <laughs> yeah, and if they and if they did, that was okay. Like okay, um, gotcha, gotcha. that that was something that was okay. But I didn't want there to be like any pressure to that hour. And it's kind of like when you you know like you've got a you've got a lunch break at your work and if you really love your work and you like can't can't pull away from it maybe you eat the meal at your desk and you're in your excel spreadsheet clicking on some tiles like mm-hmm. but from for other people they need that break away from their job and they just need to rest their eyes rest their hands like rest their brains anything like that so i wanted to cater that hour to like be what they wanted it to be um and then we scrimmed uh every day starting at noon so we'd scrim for an hour then have a break for an hour and we'd we would go outside we would go for a walk we would talk about it just you know like sometimes in a circle around the the fire sometimes like not like the lit fire but like around like the fireplace we had our our airbnb some days we would go for a walk get some sunshine um so we'd talk about the scrims for that hour and then we'd come back with about 15 minutes left let them warm up and get ready for the next scrim and do it again and we did that for that was like a five hour time chunk. So it'd go scrim, break, scrim, break, scrim. Mm-hmm. And then after that scrim, uh, was like dinner time and team session time. So I could meet with them individually. If like something was, you know, they wanted to talk to me about it. Um, and then after that, uh, they, they're good for dinner and after dinner, they're good to do whatever the hell they want. And a lot of them just wanted to play rank too. So that was <laughs> <what they did. laughs> nice. 
And uh, I know if Ty wants to jump in here, if any of the other things you're kind of curious about boot camp. Yeah, um, not necessarily just the the setup of the boot camp, but I'd be curious uh, if you could give any insight on what you guys specifically were working on in scrims. Yeah, I can give you a little bit of the insight. I don't want to give too many uh, secrets away. <laughs> yeah, don't, no, don't share I, all I mean, by time this by the time this comes out, it'll be right before uh, the games or right after the initial games. But um, yeah, do you want me to time it? I'll, I'll time it like you know, I'll time it Wednesday. <laughs> you know, just 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 to give like that. Yeah. So like so yeah, only yeah, those no who are really you know like like the analysts who are right who are... <laughs> right they're they're in here they're digging for information you know they're they're like all right we gotta we gotta figure out the trade secrets um, I'll, I'll, I'll literally put the title all of KCP secrets going to <laughs> perfect perfect no no, no. so um now like what what we are working on in our scrim so the reason why we've got it set so the reason why we have it set up the way we do is so that one, we work on ourselves. So that's with the free play. That's with the um, – we went through a shooting drill every morning that the guys loved. We'd have like a little intra-squad competition um, between the three dudes on a 30. The It's like the basic shots XXL pack. Um, it's like just 30 shots that you should hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would do that in the we mornings. All that um, we all know that one. Yep. <laughs> Yep. The fact that it's and, called uh, that and then you don't hit them, you're like, oh my goodness. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but it's it's such a big thing in in this stage because like the guys know how to freestyle and free play and do crazy stuff, but a lot of people forget to bring it down to the basics and that like when you do get that one open shot against a team that like smothers you, like BDS or G2 or something like that, um, like you need to hit that shot. Mm-hmm. And that's just like the reality of it. So yeah, we did stuff like that. Um, then once our analyst sessions would start, uh, basically what we're doing is we're running, um, to the best of our ability, a way to counter the teams that we're going to be playing against. That's what buttery is here for. I mean, if you guys have seen his videos, like buttery is amazing at diagnosing what's happening and what's, uh, missing or what's not working with teams, um, diving into the statistics, using the replay reviews to inform his uh, decisions. And then basically every morning when they were eating breakfast and stuff like that, I would read them the scouting report for a specific team. Um, And that's, that's really like what we focused on in our scrims. So we would schedule our scrims to work on um, different things according to the teams that we would play. Um, so, so do you find that's kind of interesting where like you're playing one team for scrims, but you might have like all your group stage teams, for instance, and, like in the back of your head thinking about that? Um, yeah. And yeah, that, that is, that is a very interesting and weird thing. We try to schedule the same type of teams on the same days. So for instance, we had our V1 and our BDS scrim on the same day. We had our Queso and our Furia game on the same day. Um, so like one day we're working with, you know, just fast opponents. Another day we're working with teams that are good at boost deals and, you know, like just quick decision-making stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we, we set it up a very specific way and shout out to Kat Jeans again, because she was the one that kind of worked with Buttery and I to make that happen. And she went out and she got all the scrims that we asked for. I, I think like to that point, what I think is absolutely wild is like, the fact that you're scrimming against teams that you're literally in the tournament against. Like, I don't yeah. think, you know, like just, I mean, it's not really wild at esports, right? But in like, like imagine that in, in like real sports that like you scrim against teams you might be playing in the next round, right? That would be yeah. absolutely crazy <laughs> to think about. And to be fair, you know, I think we have 
because scrims really is just you just need an internet connection right we have that ability in esports to literally set up scrims with any team right that's why you don't see in the nba like <laughs> you know uh two teams not playing play like two teams that might be in the finals against each other practicing like they, they don't need to do that they'll play games to, they uh, do that in the nfl funny enough oh, really? um Interesting. yeah it's it's part of otas most otas happen with another team so I'm a big Denver Broncos fan, and last year we did our OTA with the Vikings, um, and that was like a normal thing. So it does happen a lot in the NFL, but even then, that's like pre preseason, not not days before the major tournament. <laughs> and I think I think those the cool yeah. thing is I think those teams have like a relationship. Like usually, I, I imagine right, you'd have like we want to practice with this team. Like there's something connection between the coaches or not, or maybe not. Maybe it's right. completely random. I, I, it I was for the Broncos that the general manager for the Broncos was yeah. the general manager the year before for the Minnesota Vikings. So that's uh, why that connection was leveraged. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, I imagine that's, that's pretty wild. Although, um, I imagine you're not scrimming against the teams in your own group. That would be crazy to me. <laughs> Correct. It was so funny because Dignitas like reached out to us really quickly. <laughs> they were like, hey, do you want to get a scrim going? And uh, it was the players. And we were like, well, and then they were like, oh, wait. <laughs> they were like, never mind. We're not screwing people in our group. But hey, good luck, GGs. Like, have fun. <laughs> and we're sorry yeah. we can't scrim. And then SSG did the same thing like three days later. They were like, Hey, we're, we've got some openings on our Monday and Tuesday scrims. And I was like, Monday and Tuesday scrims. You, you, you mean like the day before we play on Wednesday? <laughs> like, absolutely not. Absolutely. Like, get out of here. And then they're like, Oh yeah, our bad. Like, we don't want to do that either. Like, come on now. Like what? I welcome yeah, to so there, there has been a few, <laughs> there has been a few mishaps, but I mean, we've, we have stayed away from that. We didn't even really want to scrim on stream, but, um, when Crow asked if he could do one, I mean, it's Crow. He's in our organization, and also it's Crow. So when Crow asks, do <laughs> you say, uh, no problem? Yes, sir. Yeah. Thank you for creating our jobs. Um, and then the others, the one that most people saw is probably our scrim versus V1. Um, and that was because Rizzo approached one of our players and said, I'm willing to pay you guys for it, you know, for the winner and – I initially was going to say no, um, but when I heard that Rizzo was putting money up for it, like, I don't want to get in between the boys and their bags. So, you know, <laughs> if they're, if they're going to win, if they're going to like win some money so or something like that, Rizzo obviously we for, didn't win for, money, but. For you not laying <laughs> the foot down on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. I mean, it's their job. Like, like, and these, these kids are so excited to play like these people that they watch on streams and stuff. So um, I don't want to get in between that and they're already playing them, but like, like you know, like who doesn't want to scrim beast mode in front of a thousand people for six hundred bucks? Like that that makes sense to me. Um, and I I definitely don't want to like put my foot down when I don't need to because that takes the power away from when I do need to. Mm. So um, yeah, that that was something that when the boys approached me with it, I was like, hey, this sounds like a great opportunity for y'all, and then we did it. Amazing. I think. Yeah, Ty. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, um, on the topic of, of scrimming teams in your own group, I think that's really been the most surprising thing for me over like the last week and a half of with all these international teams coming and, and having their scrims shown. Because to my knowledge in the past, like you avoided scrimming teams that you knew you were playing against in the coming weeks. And like mm -hmm. there's been a lot of a lot of intergroup scrims that I've seen. It's been really surprising. Yeah. Well, it, you should know that like, we, like Buttery, myself, and Kat, put a lot of 
thought into it because BDS is the only team from like even Group C that we've scrimmed. So, um, like they're they're someone that we can match up with on uh, you know on the uh, Friday for tiebreakers yeah. or not after not for tiebreakers but for um, lowers round one. So. Um, we gave it to BDS because BDS should absolutely win their <laughs> should absolutely win their group. And I'm sorry to the G2 fans out there. Uh, when we played BDS, we were a top five Rocket League team in the world for that hour, and we still got six one by them. So um, they're the best team in the world, and, and uh, I, I, would, I definitely <laughs> I would argue as well here, just real quick. Uh, um, if you had to choose a team to scrim to get a chance to scrim, it probably would be Team BDS. Yeah, uh, for sure. Practice. You don't say no yeah. to BDS. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and NRG is known as like scrim chalkers. So chalking a scrim is basically like, uh, like it will go down for some reason because of internet or because other people don't want to play. Um, NRG is a team that the guys were really excited to scrim until they found out that NRG wasn't really like giving their best and they're all in a lot of the scrims. Yeah. Um, That's kind of disappointing. There's you know, some. Do you know what that I is? know. But here, here's here's what I would say if I were the mental performance consultant for them, like from a sports psych lens, you got to think that if you're among like the top three teams in the world, anytime you scrim somebody, you are giving them more than they are giving mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that if, say, Justin gets bumped and demoed and he gets frustrated by that is the frustration that you're about to have while screaming like a team that you think you're not getting a lot from is the frustration worth it like like do you need to you know cement your legacy or like gain new friends and are you going to do that through scrims um and i think the answer to a lot of that is no so um i think i think the eu teams do it because they are genuinely like just genuine people they're very nice people um i think that the na teams ego a little bit in scrims not because they actually are like egoing as much as they are just realizing that it's maybe not as worth it for them um the only team that flat out turned our scrim approach down was phased like every other team that we've been scrimming i mean we scrimmed basically teams from everybody um the only people that turned us down flatly was phase and uh, we haven't even really approached NRG because we think the answer will probably be no. I mean, yeah, and you know, everyone I guess gets to choose what teams they want to scrim or not to scrim against, and that's kind of yeah part of, part of the whole thing. Um, I yeah, I guess I guess maybe it depends on the team, the team mentality as well. Um, although yep. I I do kind of r- respect maybe like a team like BDS seeming to just be like, yeah, we'll take your scrim and then we'll we'll actually play our best. So you get a chance to play against our best yeah. instead of. Instead I of, think BDS yeah. is trying to make sure that their game style works against any type of team. Mm. They have a very very specific game flow that like like NRG is very like adaptable. Um, whereas a team like BDS has a very um specific. It's almost like. Like when you play them, you realize that they're almost playing with like a decisional flow chart. Like, okay, <laughs> if this happens, then this person does this. And if this person does this and it's a yes, then this happens. And if that person does this and it's a no, then this happens. Like they play with like a decisional flow chart. And I think that a lot of what they do, this is such a sports psych moment for me, by the way. No, I love this stuff. This is, like, the, stu- this is um, the stuff that we're here for. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so they play with like a decisional flow chart. I would love to get the Pioneers boys on that type of wavelength once we figure it out and we're getting there. But the, the fact of the matter is that we just haven't had the time like BDS has to like fine tune it. Um, it's also, I'm but, sure, experience as well, right? When you're talking about yeah. teams that like just, just the amount they've played with, first of all, with each other, but in these tournaments where they start seeing certain patterns from other teams and know when to make those switches. Um, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But I, I don't think there are really like many NA teams are playing with a decisional flow chart. I think V1 actually is one of those teams that that's turning, that's turning to that. Um, and that's why they're getting success. I'm imagining <laughs> that's why they, I, I think so. Yeah. I think a lot of their success has to do with the fact that beast mode is an incredible player that just needs someone to facilitate him rather than being the person to facilitate others. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, like, BDS has a has a decisional flow chart that they need to test against other teams, whereas NRG has an adaptable play style where they'll play one way against FaZe, and because of their experience and talent, they'll come out on top, and then they'll play another way against G2, and because of their experience and talent, it's usually a bloodbath when they play G2, but they'll still usually come out on top, um, and that's just because of the way that they adapt. Uh BDS isn't like that. BDS isn't going to adapt to you. They're going to try to make sure that their their decisional flowchart works. Mm-hmm. And I actually love those comparisons because, like, we could we could kind of say those are the two biggest teams going into this tournament. I think that's probably. I mean, I I'm keep, I keep underpinning that I feel like like you know Dark Horse Sandrock a little bit, but uh, Sandrock. Um, yeah. But but uh, I, it's cool that like it seems like they have very two one one is like we are doing this style and we're just gonna beat you with it nevertheless right and the other one's like oh we're just gonna adapt to what you do and i think that's actually kind of cool cool comparisons between those two teams yeah yeah and one that you feel when you scrim them i promise you feel it uh (laughs) when we when uh when we were scrimming um like when i say we i say like just like pioneers was scrimming nrg uh back when we were both in na um it was funny. We actually split the series four, four for the hour. But the thing is, is that we won three of the first four games and they won three of the last four games. And I think it's because they take just a smidge of time to download. Um, (laughs) A lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people talk about how NRG comes out slow and they do like, they come out very slow in every tournament in every series. Like, but that's, that's almost by design because they're trying to get you to fall into your play style. Um, and then they adapt to it rather than like trying to push the envelope on whatever their play style is that day. So Actually, I think that's um, so interesting. Cause that analogy really works for me. Right. Um, yeah, I, I did. Yeah. I did a whole bunch of kickboxing. Was, uh, was it reminds me, mm-hmm. it reminds me a lot of like in, in league of legends, like um, <laughs> teams do a lot of work to make sure that they, peak at the right time so they're trying to ramp up through events right and to me i see how energy does their their slow starts and, and sort of their downloading of of teams and and their increase in play as the tournament goes on i see it very similarly they're trying to peak at the right yeah. time well what, what i'm well, afraid it's... for them is they're going to lose the, the group stages one time if they if they take too long which they almost did I that's a huge risk right? with their play style yeah. That's that's why randoms beat them because players like Two Piece are going to come out and they're going to come out quickly, and like NRG isn't going to be able to have enough time in a best of five to respond to that. Like all that needs to happen for 
you know, um, Stealth and Two Piece, and I'm so sorry, I'm forgetting the third that they played with. Um, like all that needs to happen for them is that they come out fast and win those first two games, and then all they got to do is figure out how to win a third. And like you can get lucky in the world of Rocket League when you're good enough. So um, that's that's why they were losing to teams like Randoms um, was because they come out slow. And I think that it's less about peaking at the right time for NRG than it is about the the data accumulating. And what I mean by that is like as they get further into a tournament, other teams that they're going to be playing are producing replays. They're producing things that they can analyze. So when they get into a series, they no longer need to know like they no longer have that download time when you're in the upper bracket finals or you know, like stuff like that. Like there's already been enough games played that they kind of know how you're coming out and then leveraging that information against you. I have a sidebar question kind of stemming from this a little bit, but I, I just thought it was interesting now that you brought it up. If you could choose a team for like a weekly format where they play once a week, they have a whole week, they know who their opponent is and they're going to set up for it in the current like roster of teams. And you have Team BDS, and you, have, you have NRG. Would you actually choose NRG if they, they had a full week to prepare for every team? Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, just because of this the style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the adaptability in a in a series stretch in which you know who you're playing, um, I I think that Squishy is the X factor there. I think Extra is absolutely a brilliant player, and obviously all five or all four other players are completely deserving of all the accolades. Um, these are the two best teams in the world. But Squishy and Extra specifically um, have such big Rocket League brains that that's really what you're comparing is like like the brains of this team versus the brains of that team. And I think that NRG right now, Squishy is the smartest player in the world, in my opinion. Um, he rarely rarely makes mistakes and he's got the execution ability to just punish people when those openings happen um i think the clip of sis if you've seen it where they played bds in the lan and bds had that drop down play from mark by eight uh mm. down to extra or extra down to mark by eight i can't remember which but sis was basically like when that play happened we knew that like the series was over because they were just at a faster rate um, that they couldn't compete with. I think that that sort of thing completely like goes to the wayside when you have the time to prep. Mm -hmm. um, so NRG is basically Batman. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Same time, beat anyone. <laughs> nice setup. I like that. Um, there you go. I'd like to also maybe maybe talk. Um, I don't spending a lot on those two teams, but um, if you were to put you know, your imaginary money on it right now and those two teams rematch, right? Team BDS and NRG. Who wins it in this tournament? I think BDS again. Mm -hmm. I think BDS again. I think the amount of homework and downloading and all that stuff that NRG has to do just doesn't, doesn't compare to the quick format and pace of a LAN. Mm-hmm. And remember, BDS is getting scrims against anybody and everybody. I mean, if they're getting scrims against Pioneers, the what most people would say is like the 14th, 15th best team out of 16. If they're willing to put time aside for that on a Saturday scrim, like that means that they're scrimming anybody and everybody. Um, so I think the amount of work that BDS is doing already that I see is going to, 
you know, it's going to lead to reward. It's going to come to fruition. Um, they, they'll reap the rewards for that when it comes to Saturday and Sunday. For sure. I'd also like to ask, like, I know, I know we have the boot camp, and now you're kind of settling in. Is there any other team within these, like, groups that you kind of feel your uh, your team, right, the pioneers, the individual players, that they've actually got to hang out or maybe get to know a little better? Has that been? Oh, man. All, I would say I'd say all of them. I mean, it hasn't been like we've just been, like, hanging out and talking, like, to any one team in particular. And to be totally honest, like I, the boys are down in the lobby hanging out with players and mm-hmm. I'm up here doing this. Um, so I don't know who they're hanging out with, but um, I know that they're super open to meet anybody. So long as the language barriers. It, are there, all the players in the same hotel? Home. Sorry. I, I want to ask that. Yeah. Yeah. We all are. Yeah. We all are. That might be kind of interesting. You're just walking around. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean the lobby, the lobby when we were getting our PCR test was pretty crazy. Like it was just like, Oh yeah. Like there's riddles in arsenal. And then Daniel comes by and you kind of like overlook him because he's like a five foot tall sixth grader. <laughs> yeah. but, um, you're like, Oh, that's Daniel. That, that kid is a monster in the game and an absolute child outside of it. Um, I talked with uh, beast mode and his dad, cause they've got ties with pioneers and um, I've had a chance to talk to them before. So it was good to meet them in person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, like there's just, calm i saw calm um i saw who else did i see the team secret guys um so yeah we, we've seen all of them you, in just just in the lobby do you know if if sandrock are there i know there was some no. like, issues or something going on i saw on twitter yeah, yeah. If they're on the way or... right now it is um 8 p.m eastern uh for the time that we're doing this podcast um I would say that the last I heard was that it actually all finally went through at about 6 p.m. Eastern. They finally got it all sorted out. And from what I know, that uh, is that Khaled is coming. So everything should be sorted. Okay. Nice. Well, so this is yeah, yeah. This is information from Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, you're probably yes. listening to this on a Wednesday. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but even even like as far back as six hours ago, Buttery just sent us an entire portfolio on the Senzo Sandrock um, because we'd been prepping for Khaled Sandrock. So we oh, were getting yeah. we were getting scouting reports on Senzo Sandrock just just earlier today um, because we didn't know if Khaled was actually going to even make it through the airport. So, yep. Yep. Fun stuff. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So I, I went, cause when you mentioned everyone was in the same hotel, I was thinking of the, the most you know, disrespectful strategies you could have, uh, <laughs> <laughs> door, door knocking of people, <laughs> lots of yelling yeah. in the middle of the night. Um, yeah no, I don't know if you guys know like NCAA college football, yeah, but yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. um, there's a team, the Miami Hurricanes, back in like the early 2000s. They actually found the um, hotel that the uh, that the team that they were playing in the national championship was staying in, and they literally like got all their friends from uni to just like call them all throughout the night. And like this was an actual thing that happened. I'm pretty sure it was against Notre Dame. Um, they they were just calling everybody. And, Hey, I'm doing the interview with guys right now. You can Ooh, come in. Good timing. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Uh, so no, the, like that was a thing that the Miami hurricanes did. And I think it'd be funny if we did it, but we, we won't get into psychological warfare in the hotel. <laughs> it's gotta be a safe space. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I think especially cause, cause of all the teams, I'd be the most worried, uh, for the, for the younger team, um, that kind of stuff dealing with, with other teams being annoyed with you, if that makes sense. No, I mean, we definitely have like the least to lose just being the youngest. There's very too. few expectations on a, on a full team of, of youngsters um so i i honestly think that we'd be the most impervious besides maybe renegades um who's the oldest team here in nrg because they're them but uh no i think i no, think the it renegades would be hilarious would need their sleep 100 they need their eight hours <laughs> yeah the, re- the renegades guys would not care at all i'm i'm convinced I, i've seen how cj cj carries himself and i'm pretty sure that if we tried to do psychological warfare with him uh, he would he would shut that down no problem. <laughs> That's they also have um they also have Lachlan, um who is a sports psych uh, from OCE. So yeah. um, the us, us Renegades and then Dignitas are the three teams that I know of that have sports psych here as coaches. Mm, nice, I do. So, so I'm not 100 percent sure on Dignitas, but I'm like 95 percent sure. And do you think uh, what other teams have like a manager coach split? Is is there any anything big there? Or I mean, quite a few. I think Phase is one of them. Um, I think Sis is one of them. Um, so sorry, Energy is one of them. Uh, I'm pretty sure Kale does all of it for BDS, but I could be wrong about that. But um, yeah, some of those some of those big uh, like bigger name teams. Um, when you've got guys with all the experience in the world, like you just need someone to tell them where to go. And I mean, the coaches aren't doing like a ton, a ton with teams like that. Um, but teams like us, like we, it, it helps for me to be able to do coaching duties and for cat jeans to be able to do managing duties. Um, no, for sure. We just, we need to split. And here's the biggest question. Uh, which team, if any, has a massage therapist? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And um, and if so, what room number are they staying in? And, uh, and do they charge by the hour? <laughs> right, right, right. It's gotta be, it's gotta be Renegades, yeah. right? CJ, CJ, yeah. it's probably RNG. You're right. It probably is. Oh, that's yeah. great. That's great. Chiropractor, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah, that'd be sick. I wish I had that kind of training beneath me, but. Uh, I'm not going to pretend that I do because I certainly don't. <laughs> I mean, these are all, yeah, these are all things. And I mean, the tough thing with Rocket League, and I think this is just, just the reality, is how quickly teams change, right? You don't really have that, like, you know, a team that's lasted the same people for, like, uh, you know, let's just say two years, three years is just really rare. So um, it's kind of tough to set up an organization where they're like, yeah, we're going to have all the things in place, but the, the people, the actual, like, members of the team is going to keep changing. It's kind of hard with this. Yeah, for game, sure. I feel. For sure. Hey. All right, and we are back for the second part of the show where uh, Ty has promised me to hit, you know, Prof with the hardest hitting questions. Oh yeah, <laughs> very very hard questions. Super we go. hard questions, you know. What's okay, your favorite? Okay, so number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine. Um, uh, number one, I guess. Um, if you want to give any thoughts just on your group and and how you guys are feeling going into that, I guess. Uh, we're, we're honestly feeling really good. Um, I think our group is considered by most to be like the group of death, because I think that a lot of people think, um, these teams are, we've got multiple potential major winners in it. Um, I think though that 
you have to understand that with us being kind of like the bottom seed considered, obviously SSG uh, is lower than us in, in actual seeding, but um, we're typically considered like the bottom seed by most that we've actually got the targets on our back, uh, not the targets on like the Dignitas and Sandrock back as much um, because three advanced from the group. So with that being said, um, Sandrock is definitely going to be a good game. They will have the kind of nerf of not getting their flight situations figured out until like just moments ago. Um, so that could mess with them a little bit and we are the first team to play them. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll be fine. I'm hoping that they'll be fine. Um, I don't want us to, to play anything but the best version of them. Um, Dignitas, uh, we are actually more ready for Dignitas than I think, uh, anybody will expect us to be. Um, not saying that we're going to like win or that we've got some like secret weapon against them or anything, but, um, we're we're definitely excited to play them. Uh, we think our style of Rocket League and their style of Rocket League um, is is going to be advantageous for us. And uh, I think a lot of people like SSG historically, and there's a lot of hype around Daniel, but I think a lot of people need to remind themselves that SSG defaulted into this tournament and have been looking like the worst team in this tournament, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinions that are like, you know, in the know about these 16 teams, um, they they looked worse than literally anybody else here in the last week of their region. So I think a lot of SSU fans need to be alert about the fact that they likely, like, like the trend is not favoring them. Um, if they are using the time well to, you know, reverse that trend, then get on them. Uh, but I think, I think us versus SSU, it's the one that um, even the guys aren't too concerned about um, because their form has just been been poor. So I think the, the group is still hard without a shot of a doubt. Um, but I think it's I think it's not as bad as what a lot of people think for us. We'll see. Um, might be eating my words on an zero and nine uh, come this time. <laughs> as the episode releases, yeah, we'll see. But um, I. I very much so uh, think that we actually have um, Friday and even Saturday potential in this group. Um, and I would say more Friday, Saturday potential in this group than if we were in any other group. I think I'd yeah, tend to agree. <laughs> I wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so this is, I mean, it's a good sign. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. Um, I'm yeah, also. Yeah. I wonder, like, I wonder, maybe just quickly off of this, and you don't have to go too much detail, but I wonder if you're already, I mean, maybe it's a little too early, but perhaps thinking what teams would make it out the group that you'd play against um, in the next round. Yeah, is that G2 even possible is... to, to, to predict? No, it is. So uh, we play the 2-3 of um, Group B if we don't win the group. So that's what that's the only way to play on Friday. So... There's only eight teams that play on Friday, and that's those that didn't get first in their group and those that didn't get last in their group. So the twos and threes play each other on Friday for first round lowers. Mm -hmm. And um, that would mean, again, I really think that BDS is going to win that group. Um, so that would mean that if we didn't win it, we would be playing G2 um, or whoever you take between the last two teams in Evil group G, c so secret, yeah. yeah eg or team secret uh that 
I don't know who's going to win between those two, to be totally honest. Um, yeah, I don't very, think... <laughs> very different play styles. Uh, I don't know. Maybe actually not the most different play styles, but certainly a different cadence and rhythm to those teams. So um, not going to be a lot of goals scored in group in group C, but mm. um, considering BDS has, um, you know, evil geniuses in their region already. Um, and I think they've got plenty of plans for a team like G2. I think there's pretty much no way that we'll be facing them out of, out of uh, that, that this is saying if we don't win our group yeah, yeah, yeah. or don't lose all. So um, if, if we do what we think we're going to do, which is going to be in that like two, three region, um, I think it'll be, one of those three teams nice um i know ty had one more question i think i think you want to ask yeah uh, um so kind of a two-parter i guess um yeah i think um if i'm not mistaken it'll be the guy's first time playing like in a studio um stage sort of environment so yep. um, i guess i was just curious you know like how you guys are looking forward to that and then um as well how you're gonna try to manage like the hype and emotions of of <laughs> For sure. No, I mean, they're, they're going to be really excited. Um, every team is going to be really excited. I think even the seasoned veterans um, that you see on other older teams are going to be very excited. Like the reality of this is that this is the first Rocket League like land that's happening um, in two years. And there are certainly the teams that got the studio time um, that went to Sweden. But I this this from what I've been told has a very different energy around it. Um, so I think everyone's going to be coming in a little bit excited, a little bit nervous. Um, you know, all, all the emotions are coming in. So where that leaves kind of the boys is that yes, they are the youngest team. Um, but they, they know that, you know, like, like they're not dumb. They they're on socials. They know that a lot of people consider them to be the 14th or 15th uh, best team here. Um, and with that being said, they're also the youngest team here. So they know that the expectations are low, but that the hype is high, uh, for them to, you know, be that dark horse, be that upset, uh, Cinderella story. Um, and they're, they're not putting any pressure on themselves to, to necessarily do that. Um, and I think a lot of that comes with our preparation, right? So like, like we're not focusing on how to be, the Cinderella story, like we're, we're focusing on how to deal with the teams in front of us. Um, we're going to sit down um, at those PCs when it's time to, when it's time to play and we're going to be ready and have a game plan and the game plan will work or it won't work. Um, but we'll, we'll at least have a plan. So in terms of my role, um, I think the reason why we're seeing more teams choose sports psych individuals for coaches over just like rocket league coaches for, land especially is because these people know how to play rocket league like like there's no doubt about it that these people know how to play rocket league and i think rocket league coaches are invaluable like they're they're so important to getting a team to this point especially with you know like practices and with you know training regimens and and scheduling good scrims and being able to pick apart the scrims but a lot of that stuff falls to the wayside when you get to a lane environment because it's not the rocket league that you have to worry about. It's the nerves that you have to worry about. It's the, it's the pressure of it all that you have to worry about. So having someone that knows rocket league, but more so knows how to like respond to instances of nervousness, respond to instances of just, 
you know, negative outcomes and being able to bounce back or to take good outcomes and stretch them to the next, like that isn't something rocket league coaches know how to do like straight up. Like if you're, if you see like the like 20 year old, 19 year old rocket league coaches, they may know like the energy type stuff with, with their teams, but they, they don't know what the sports psych people of us are that are here are going to be doing. Like, it's just not something they've trained for. So yeah, nor- that's when I think having somebody like me is more valuable, just specifically in the scenario like this. For sure. For sure. Ty, you have any, any follow up there or uh, you're good? No, that was a, uh, that was a great answer. There, no there follow up. <laughs> um, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I, I feel like if you got any like clarification stuff, you can always let me know, you know, you know me, like I typically take a question run with it. So oh, all good. All good. Um, so maybe we'll, uh, now as we're wrapping up, I'll give you the time prof. If you have anyone you want to shout out, uh, now's, now's your chance. <laughs> yeah for sure i mean first i want to shout out my wife she's uh without her husband for 12 days and uh she's a she's a trooper for putting up with me and my my bad communication as things have been hectic and crazy here so shout out to her um obviously shout out to the people at pioneers that helped make the boot camp possible um and shout out to uh obviously the the discord um your guys discord has been fun it's been fun to give like some of the details to the insider details um, don't tell people to just because we want to keep yeah. it a secret <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you if you want the details you're gonna have to join the discord i guess so um for anybody that's just listening and not on the discord you should join the discord um <laughs> but now like shout out to all the people um throughout pioneers um especially uh cat jeans lj and quincy um they've been really really helpful and that support staff for the boys so um yeah those those are my shout outs perfect perfect i'm gonna really quickly shout out our end of things uh just thank all the patrons for the continued support special shout outs to awesomeness see of the base paint old mooks clorox raz and space bear thank you for all your special support um i'd like to thank prof for being here uh providing us with invaluable insight it was a, in- incredibly interesting and just a lot of new kind of like tidbits um that like i don't think about but it it reminds me of uh of uh, days gone past when you're like in hotel rooms waiting for a big tournament um so <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. stuff. so so it's kind of fun that there's that kind of energy um so thank you thank you for for you know giving us your time as as i know you are busy um with with it being the first day and being so hectic um i'd also like to thank ty for for being here and and supporting me to to make sure this was uh went smoothly <laughs> add some good questions <laughs> Yeah, no, Ty, Ty's the real one. He's the he's the esports goat for sure. So, big shout out to Ty and big shout out to Buttery as well. Yes, um, Buttery has yes. been, Buttery been amazing. Shout so. out to you. Um, yep. Yeah. So once again, thank you both for being here. Um, and your homework, because I usually like to give homework at the end of these episodes, is to watch the RLCS LAN and cheer on Pioneers. There you go. So uh, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> from all of us here at the ASAP Weekly Crew, we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Bye.